This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! What's up, Charles? Ian, I mean, Ian, how are you, sir? I forgot about Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not too bad, yourself? Uh, I I thought it was like, that's why I was like, six? Oh, that's kind of early for us, but yeah, I can make that work. That I... (sighs) I can't believe Billy didn't call me on it. I can't believe you didn't say anything. Like, I 100% met six my time, which is our normal time. Well, that's why I was like, oh, it's early. Okay, that's fine. I was. Didn't we do it early last week? I think for whatever reason. We recorded early last week, didn't we? Did we? I don't. No. Maybe I'm thinking of the week before. Or maybe I, I, I wanted to go. I was like, no, 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 maybe he, maybe he wants me. I was like, maybe he wants to go early. He's got like something else planned tonight. Nah, man, your boy was confused. Well, well, it all worked out. Well, I'm glad. How is everybody? Oh, I'm good. 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 I I am good as well. Yeah, you I might like... hear Booker yelling in the background. He's nothing wrong with that. Hanging out. He's our co-host. He's pushed his toy box halfway across the uh, little playpen area. Uh, I just finished WandaVision, so I have Agatha all along stuck in my head forever now. That was a, it I, is a catchy I, song. I, I love that they did that. This was a good episode. Do we yeah, know... Do we, That's true. That's true. This I've loved this whole fucking show. I didn't realize how much I was going to love this show. I freaking love this show. Elizabeth oh, yeah, Olsen's like facial expressions during uh during um like her like interviews on the show like where she was being interviewed were just killing me this morning. Yeah, her and Vision both really the comedy really works uh, yeah. throughout the whole show, not even just this last episode. I thought this last episode went by so fast. I couldn't believe it was over when it was. Uh well, they, they kind of finally started to reveal a little bit of what's going on. So it's just like, oh, wait, cool. We're getting, oh, it's over again. Cool, cool, cool. Do we know, do we know who Agatha is? She's not like, she's not a character that I'm just not realizing is somebody like, or like, you know what I mean? I think Agatha Harkness is a character. Um, There's a bunch of talk in like the thread about it. It's an obscure long time ago. I'm sure Movie Bob will do a funny video about it in a day or two. Mm. Yeah, she's a she's a character that I think did some stuff with like hey, Wanda or whatever in the. Hey, I literally typed AG into Google, and the first option was Agatha Harkness. Oh yeah, we're not the first to Google it right now. Uh, it's looking like she's a witch who was hilarious, uh, a teacher of Wanda Maximoff in the comics. Interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was a good episode. I am I was a upset because i was like oh this is the one where we find out about whoever this engineer is that she was talking about meeting and i was wrong Again. it wasn't reed richards it well no it what it, they it, nobody is they haven't shown up yet right like that's well they did the person that everyone thought was going to be reed was like oh i have a friend who's an engineer which i thought was great because it clearly was marvel being like if we mention we have a friend who's an engineer the entire week people are going to be like i wonder who it is and then it just turns out to be a friend of hers from 
the military who shows up. I don't the think conference. that it was though. I think that that I think that they aren't there yet. I think that was somebody else. No, I they said the there, there's my friend. Yeah, hundred percent. She said there. She was like, there they are. I'm your huckleberry. This is what I asked for. I sent them the plans to build this thing, and they say, is it to is it to the plans you sent? They're like, it's perfect or beautiful. Yeah. So that's clearly who they're talking about. Really? Because that's a letdown. And can and and maybe I'm the only one, but I don't consider when I hear the term engineer. My mind doesn't go to Reed Richards. I mean, it's not necessarily. It doesn't not not go to Reed Richards for me. I think that when you met the kind of comment that they made and the way they were sort of building it up, I was like, okay, well, this must be somebody. Uh, but they didn't really build it up. I mean, I feel like like it got the way that it was shot and the way that they talked about it Mm. and the way that Marvel is at this point, even like non. People that aren't like super big Marvel fans, they would have even thought like, "Oh, this must be someone." I'm gonna. Well, I think I, that's the point. I think they were setting it up to be like everyone's gonna focus on this, and it's not important. And then it's like, but no, we're gonna release a catchy theme song. It's like, no, no, no. It's actually this person all along. It's literally the fucking title. I think what happened here is that people heard the name Mister Reese and were like, "Mysteries." The next bad guy this is, is not the Riddler. Even close to the same thing. Hundred percent. You were just like the engineer is definitely Reed Richards. I never said that it definitely was. You you are so heartbroken right now that, that it's was. not. No, I'm not. I'm but I'm I'm not heartbroken that it's not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm annoyed when something is set up like that's not like a ah gotcha moment. That's just poorly done, honestly. If that if that's the well, case, I don't think it, it was set up really. Like I it didn't... was though. It absolutely was. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, they like, set it up. Just you and, me, and then like, they the paid off. Her friend like, oh, showed up is... with a truck. But the internet's awful, and like it, it's they seem so many of the discourse around the show seems to be trying to guess in advance of what the show is instead of actually like watching the show that's I find every that weird. show that exists though like that's not that's just a part of talking about a show and not, i think that i don't because i haven't thought about really done it, any of that about it, like the way they like zoom in on the phone that i mean come on you're a director why would you do that why would you have that set up where like they're looking at the phone and she's like i'm gonna talk get a hold of my friend the way that they set that up like they specifically don't say a name it's like, come on, like you're setting that up. And then if the whole thing is just to like mess with people where you're like, ah, that wasn't really a thing. That's just, you. that's especially after a couple of episodes of waiting, that's just to piss people off. That's not really like, well, it's only one episode, wasn't it? Last show. episode they did that. No, it was like, not even, I, I don't want to say it was even two episodes ago. I think it was the episode before that. I feel like the Booker's it, upset about it too. I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think the show is obviously setting up red herrings to get people distracted about because they know that people are going to go nuts and fan theorize over everything really a red herring so much as like like a good red herring would be like this whole thing with her brother where you're like what's with the whole like because we don't have an answer to that but everyone can speculate on that that makes sense like that's a red herring maybe where you're like is he really a bad guy or what's the deal is it really even a version of her brother or is this like so like what's going on with this that is a red herring I think people are so desperate. They heard the the name Mister Reese and were like, "Riddler is going to be the bad guy." I, I oh no that again. 
that ice that is not even close to the same thing because I still that, stand I by always thought, Reefy, right? And I also I don't think I always thought is that was so dumb. I'm sorry, Charlie. I love you, man. But that I even back then when people were saying I was like, that is the dumbest idea. Nobody was sitting in a room with Warner Brothers going, All right, guys, get this. Mr. Reese. Right? Sounds like mysteries. He's the red one. But seriously, I don't think anything was made that big of a deal of the in- engineer, nor would I have ever thought that Reed Richards was the engineer and that the lady showed up with a truck like a engineer for a NASA would. Makes sense. Especially since they say, like, is, is it according to your plans? And then right afterwards, like, yeah, it's perfect. And Jimmy Woo asks, like, oh, will it work? So, like, this is the best thing we have. It's It's... It's clearly what they were setting up. But then the real reveal is that, oh, no, she's actually superpowered now. Well, she is once she gets in, yeah. And that's another thing. That's also, it's a weird way to have you wait that long, too, for a setup that the payoff is, oh, it doesn't work. (laughs) That's kind of funny. (laughs) I did like the shot of it coming out, and half of it is a pickup truck now. (laughs) Right, from, like, the 1980s or 90s. Oh, I mean, like... It just looked like a truck to me. Did it look that old? Yeah. They all look the same to me. So it was the show, do you think, Modern Family the that they're going for this trunks. season? Uh, yeah, like a modern. I think yeah. it was not even just necessary. Because even the, I the mean, theme music was like The Office. I think it was just going for that, you know, like that modern documentary style. Documentary style, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they where what they do, go next because what do we got left two two episodes uh yeah so. two episodes to go uh and i'm th- i hope i hope they're a little bit longer because I, I i felt like this episode I, was it really did just so much stuff happen in this episode that it went by that quickly because i know I, other people say like these episodes are too short for the most part i haven't thought that but this one really did get me i was like wow the only cool. one i ever thought was short was four and that kind of felt appropriately short and then I'm looking up and, the, the running time this one I didn't feel was short at all like I I know I love kind of the short episode of this like it's just really you get in it's really fun it gets out quickly they've the longest was two it seems like that was 37 minutes it's no a uh, five was 42 it's like George and, Costanza leaving on a high note well I guess there are no small diseases, only small actors. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. We got everybody. Yeah, it's like it goes in. It's funny. It gets out. It's, I'm excited for next week. Each time, last one was oh, 38 no, minutes. That's, of course, that's actually like 27 minutes. Uh, I was going to say that's got to be credits. Uh, and I think the others are all maybe at least a few minutes longer than that. Uh, not that it matters. The last Honestly, two I... have been 38. Uh, five was 42. Four was 35, 33, 37, 30. I, I honestly so. don't have a problem with... I think some people... Uh, I Like I said, I do try to avoid any spoilers or anything if I can, but I know I think some people online have said that they they don't like the fact that the episodes are so short, but Honestly, I think if they all were like an hour long and they tried to stretch it out like that and you would have people complain like they actually know, like they did for the the Marvel Netflix shows. They'd be like, oh, it was too long. These, uh, these episodes, are like, they don't need to be this long. They're just, they're just stretching it out. 
So I, I, I definitely prefer the because the, the pacing of this show I think is really well done. Yeah, it's, it starts and you're kind of just sucked in the whole way through, so that when the ending happens, each time it's a, oh, I, I want to see what's coming up next. Like it's every time that please stand by, it gives you the uh, nostalgic feeling of when the to be continued would come up on an episode when you were watching on TV and be like, fuck, now I have to wait a week. Isn't it weird to think that they're like younger people because we're old now uh, <laughs> that they, they didn't, I guess they're, they're so used to being able to binge watch things that now in the last, like really couple of years, less than a couple of years, like, cause the Mandalorian I know did it, but even before that, I think there were very few like big shows on streaming services that waited a week for each episode. Uh, now there's got to be people that are like, this is so weird. Why can't I just watch it all right now? Uh, like, there's people freaking out and saying it's not fair. It's like, doesn't give us a choice. And it's like, you have a choice. <laughs> just wait till they're all out and then um, watch it. If you really want to binge it, like, you, it's called patience. <laughs> hey. It's like back when somebody fell. Bada boom. Is he okay? Oh, no, he's fine. He wants to be held. Ah. Don't look at me like that. Pick him up. Oh, it was my fault, apparently. Of course it's your fault. Liz said my laugh scared him. I don't... You you laugh like the Joker. What? You... Okay, if we're going to talk about who has a scarier laugh... (laughs) (laughs) They uh, they will make fun of my laugh at work all the time, and when they we occasionally somebody will do it just right, the words funny. A lot of a lot of times it's like they try to get it, but they don't get it. But occasionally somebody will will hit the right note for my laugh, and it'll just kill everybody in the room. Mocking of the laugh is a step too far. More and more that like people secretly hate working with you. I mean, I'm finding that out too. It turns out, <laughs> as you're telling us, it's like dawning on you, like, oh no! <laughs> Wait a minute, this story like, comes across differently outside. <laughs> it's like that TikTok trend, and the the zooms in on my face. Alright, well, WandaVision, we're happy, we're psyched, Billy's clearly uh, Rain Johnson, Star Wars-anger-esque at the engineer, not being you know, Reed Richards. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that upset about it. Uh, I mean, I feel like when you listen to the beginning of this episode, you're going to be like, wow, I come off extremely angry about this. No, no I'm, not, I'm not angry about the situation, I'm angry that... Uh, I, I was more angry at the idea that my expectation is considered so ludicrous. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, again, like if engineer we're making the comparison doesn't... between like how I felt about that versus how you felt about the Last Jedi, that would be like if I was just like, "WandaVision sucks. I'm never watching anything Marvel related again. This is a waste of time. They've ruined it all. Yeah, they have retroactively made me hate all of Marvel." That, it, yeah, I'm gonna that's... go watch this Marvel cartoon so that I can understand the show that takes place 30 years ago. 
Yeah. There's a there's a lot of layers to these jokes I'm making. <laughs> mm, like are an there? Onion. <laughs> so before we get into this movie that we all watched, mm, I think uh, Charlie and I watched it. I doubt you watched it. No, I watched it. Mm. Right? Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. Yes. Yeah, that's which, a good one. Which does have one of my favorite lines of all time. Well, I even thought I was dead. Until I found out it was just that I was in Nebraska. And as someone from <laughs> Colorado, that has always amused me. Because Nebraska's like our neighbor. And we I'm don't sure like that, Nebraska. I'm sure that when, uh, that when he says it, it's, it's very different. No. I'll just put the clip in. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Jedi Poet and Gene Hackman are pretty much interchangeable i think he would disagree and also be insulted a little bit yeah but hold on before we get into it uh into tombstone yes i watched it Uh, did you yes i did name two Uh, guardians of the galaxy actors that are in the movie what does that have to do okay it's like actors i was like like, why are you asking about guardians of the galaxy all of a sudden that doesn't make any sense um Name two? Hold yeah. on, I know one. Michael Rooker. Who's the other one? Michael Rooker, oh who took me God. by surprise because I didn't know who's he was in the, the other one. No, hold on, don't also say because the... I'll know. I'll know if I go through it. I'll, I'll figure it out. Oh no, I'm an, I'm an idiot. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, Kurt Russell. Fuck. Yeah, duh. I don't think of him as Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, oh right, he is ego. Oh, Michael God. Rooker but... looks both really young, and I think that's the only time I've ever seen him play not like a completely villainous role. <laughs> Yeah, and he's uh oh, okay, hold on. No, before we get into it, I wanted to say <laughs> something because because I wanted to mention it since we since it came out the other day, and you know how excited I've been about this movie. Oh, that yeah. combat trailer is really good. I was very happy with it. Yeah. It we, looks fun. I we, the slowed down uh version <laughs> of the theme song is so dumb. Uh everything else about the trailer looks great. I liked that though, cuz it was a you know, if, if it would have been dumber, I think if they tried to do it again or like an orchestra version of it or something uh i don't know by that if, point, if i see that movie and it doesn't have the actual theme i will be upset i'm i think i'll be okay <laughs> I, the just, final fight like has to have because i think it'll be over the top i don't think it'll be that kind of over the top uh but yeah the, the it looks like so much fun i like that how violent it is but it's not it's funny because like having watched the uh, the Zack Snyder just Justice League trailer that came out like a week ago. Yeah, uh, I watched that and was really eh about it. Where I mean, obviously, I wasn't excited about the movie anyway, and I saw the other Justice League movie and wasn't all that into it. Uh, but I remember when I was watching it, like, there's a lot of stuff happening here so fast and in such like quick. It's just I it's such quick cuts. I'm like, oh, what? I don't I didn't really catch any one thing that happened. I don't know. There's just nothing that really gets me excited about this movie. But then like watching this trailer, I think this is I thought this was a great example of like a good action movie trailer, especially for something based on a franchise that we know. Uh, there's just a lot there to get excited about. And you can follow it, you know, all the cool action moments without losing track of anything. It's not just like. Until like that last shot, the when they do the finish him thing, which I think works there. Uh, there's never a point where you're like, "What's happening? What 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 was that? Was that Scorpion? I don't know." But it's you know. 
you know, to your yeah, point, it, it, I think the trailer, trailer, I think the trailer does a good job of simultaneously showing you the story, but not revealing the story. Yeah, and if you're familiar with the story, you can see beats in there. Yeah, where like, oh, they're doing that. Like my favorite story beat from the last uh, few Mortal Kombat games that I, I guess was in the older ones. But you know, with those older games, you pretty much just had to read the text if you wanted to know what was going on. Uh, but I've always really liked uh, the backstory for Scorpion, and I, I'm I'm happy to see that it looks like they're doing that. Uh, because it's just a really interesting. I really hopefully if this movie does well and they make sequels, I would like to see them expand on it. Because uh, I really liked where they went with it, and I won't get into it because I don't want to spoil anybody that doesn't want to be spoiled. But it's 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 good. It's uh, and it, it all around it looks like a good time. I think it's just enough like seriousness and over the topness where I'm like, this is like a fun medium. I, this, I think it's gonna work. I'm. At the very yeah, least, I think it's the action looks things. like it's going to be good, and it's the effects look cool. It it looks like it's going to be a. It might not be a good movie, but it will be. It looks like it's going to be at the very least enjoyable. For yeah, sure. I, it looks like it looks watchable, which and it sounds like a. It sounds bad when you say it that way, but there's a lot of watchable movies that I may not necessarily think are good, but I've watched a lot more than movies that I think are pretty damn good, you know, because there's one of those, you know, those movies you just put on and have on. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a good time. Uh, Doesn't have to be, you know, most amazing filmmaking of all time, but it's like, oh, yeah, this is uh, probably the my favorite examples would be like the Friday the 13th movies. Like a lot of those movies are bad but I can put pretty much any of them on and be like, oh, yeah, I'll have this on. This is good. So if this movie is that, at the very least, I'm happy. And I think it might even be a little bit better than that, hopefully. Yeah, I'd agree. And it's coming out what? In like two – when's it come out? March what? April, April oh, 16th. April. What's coming out? Something I saw comes out in March. So April 16th. So just a little over about two months away. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Trailer yeah, looks good. Yeah, it'll be a – It'll be fun. Uh, I liked exactly like what you mentioned in the in the text when I shouted at you about spoilers. How uh, Sub Zero cuts Scorpion, freezes his blood, and then stabs him with it. It was so that was so sick. And it's funny because I I've heard you know in the past in like some martial art type movies where people talk about how the action sometimes if it's too slow it's not particularly believable. But when you have things like that. It does not have to be believable. They don't have to go super fast because it's awesome. Like, it looks super cool, so I'm like, I'm for it. Uh, and also, that's a good example of what I was talking about, too, about, you know, those quick cuts in, like, that Snyder Cut trailer where, like, you don't really see what's happening, so it's not really anything you get excited about. That shot is, like, you see what's happening. Uh, and in the, because they take their time with those, you only have, like, those trailer moments of, like, what, four ish because there's like that you see jacks get his arms like pulled off when they're frozen which is also really cool uh you see it like things that yeah would be kind of cool to not know about that going into the movie but also there's enough of them to get you excited and you don't you you can you have enough time to take it in and be like oh yeah that's gonna be fun it's not just like oh was that batman did he punch super oh wait no we're on something else who's that guy what is that oh is that that oh wait no, no, there's Wonder Woman. Okay. I, I feel like the biggest mistake, though, is the trailer didn't have uh, Sub-Zero say that we live in a society. I know. I was waiting for that, especially at the end when he was like, 
you know, saying that his name is Sub-Zero. I thought he was going to say, we live in a society. Now, oh, okay, because we all know that well, what's the point of a movie these days if that, that line isn't even in it? Batman's like, hey, speaking of broken records, uh, can we talk about anything else besides this a-hole Joker? I mean, seriously, the Joker's cool, Batman's boring, I get it already. You know he kills people, right? And I'm like the good guy and he's the bad guy, but no one Okay, cool. I'm tempted, because look, I, also, I can speak poorly about a trailer that I saw because I've seen the trailer. I don't feel right talking poorly about a movie that I haven't seen, even though I have it, seen it a version of it. It could be, and I think at some point I will watch it just for the sake of being able to shit on it with a clean conscience. Because uh, I... Well, aren't we doing an episode where we like we all watch it and then meet up no, and No, somebody up? refuses to watch it. What? Who? You. I thought you said you weren't going to watch it. What are you talking about? I, said the fir- I was the first one to watch it. Say I was going to watch the Zack Snyder cut. Oh, so you are going to watch it. What? What are you talking about? I swear I thought you said you weren't going to watch it. No. Coming soon, an episode where the three of us just... Uh, bitch. Who am I thinking of? Probably two of them are going to bitch. I have never had that much of a problem with this, the Snyder stuff. I liked Man of Steel, uh, with the exception of uh, the Martha stuff, which was atrocious. I, for the most part, like Batman and Superman. I love the Wonder Woman reveal. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. I like the Do You Bleed? Because I want to know, does Superman bleed? Because can I make him bleed? Because as somebody at this moment in Batman's life is racist against Kryptonians and or other general aliens, uh, not human, uh... You know, you gotta you gotta find these questions. You gotta find these answers out. Uh, World's greatest detective. Um, uh, Justice League. <laughs> the the first problem I had really was Justice League, uh, because um, it felt unearned, and it's probably because uh, a lot of it was unearned. And Josh Whedon turns out to be a giant douchebag. He does. I I I'm still. Betting it is going to be a more coherent and a more enjoyable film than what the Snyder Cut. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Snyder Cut blows me away and is really interesting. But based on everything we've seen and everything else that Snyder's made, I am semi-confident that the Whedon Cut will be better. Not good. The the Whedon Cut will be better than the Snyder Cut is what you're saying? Yeah, because I saw saw, uh, the Whedon Cut in theaters. I didn't... I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. It's uh, there was a few moments I thought, oh, that was okay. I just thought overall it was a complete mess and pretty incompetent. But I enjoyed it more than I did Batman v Superman. And got you. The trailer for the Snyder Cut looks just like, hey, it's Batman v Superman, but four hours long. That was my other <laughs> problem. My other problem with Batman v Superman. My biggest problem with that one was, aside from the Martha bullshit, was. All, all of Lex Luthor's, uh, you know, knowledge of Superman and Batman and who they were really were also felt unearned. And, and you so, know, I, I also never disliked the, the Snyder movies all that much. I just don't think that they were particularly memorable in any way. I forget most of them, honestly. 
I mean, if you're if you're asking me if I would rather watch, you know, Batman vs Superman or Batman Forever or Batman Returns or anyone that wasn't Batman '89 or the Christian Bale trilogy, uh, I would I would watch Batman vs Superman. I, I mean. disagree, actually, and the reason is this: you could argue because I, I actually still think there are things to like about Batman Returns, Batman Forever. Uh, but I won't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that what I'm saying, if you're asking me, do you hear your Batman options, Batman, the Batman returns, whatever the rest of the, uh, the Clooney Batman or the Val Kilmer Batman or Batman versus Superman. I'd be like, well, I'll watch Batman versus Superman. It's not about see, if they're better than them or I don't need to revisit Batman returns or that universe at all, let alone the Clooney and Val Kim. I'll never need to watch those mo- mo- movies again. But Why? Batman vs. Because I have no interest in watching them again. But, but what I mean is, what... Why because would you have I have no... Because I at least it's newer, and there's, they fight you a little a bit. You are a weird, weird man. Because look, here's my, here's my view on it. I would rather watch any of those older Batman movies for the simple fact that regardless of if they're good or not, they're at the very least not boring. And that is the problem that I have with Snyder's versions of movies is that a good chunk of his movies are just flat out boring. Like I'll just, I'm just sitting there like, what are we doing right now? Why? I'll why take that boring right Zack Snyder stuff for the, for the Batman fight in the, uh, in the uh, warehouse. Over any of know, the Schumacher and uh, even play that, like Tim Robbins. Even yeah, one. I'd rather play the game. I think that's a better like it's. it's I don't it's like, like those games. Whatever, whatever you want to say about you know Batman and Robin, like yeah, is it ridiculous when they kick their feet and they've got ice skates on? Yeah, that's super dumb. But that is at least like entertaining enough to where you've got my attention. Even if it's not good, you know, I'd re- the biggest mistake. Yeah, I, I mean, that's entertaining to is, you, is but to, to me, being, that's not entertaining at all. But I think that. But you think is not what make, I think. That's fine. I'm not talking about I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm giving you my point of view. And I think one that plenty of other people might agree with. Just saying. Uh, I think a big the biggest here, mistake here. A movie can make is to be boring. Whether it's good or bad. OK, like that's. That's up to you. Like, I, I think that can be different from person to person. Because some people may actually not think that about Batman v Superman even. They might think that it's the opposite of boring. I've never met that person, and God help, hopefully I, I don't ever meet them. But Stay off Twitter. I, I, but a, a, a bad movie can at least have some fun out of it, I think. Or you can at least see, like, a, a bad movie, I think, is a show of people trying I think a boring movie is like, this is someone, not to say that Zack Snyder doesn't try, but I think what he thinks is really cool isn't nearly as cool as it actual, as in reality, you know? I'd agree. He he just kind of had, all of his films have the same kind of glossy, bland look to them. It's just, it's... They have a very like two thousands look about them. Do you remember in the mid two thousands when like a bunch of movies had like that weird like effect over them where like they kind of looked all dark blue or green or something like the they Matrix had like a effect. weird filter almost. Yeah, it was like it, it, it was everything after the Matrix. 
Yeah, because that was when they started to do digital color grading, and they went nuts with it for a while until they realized, oh, no, we should tone this back and only use it sparingly. And that's, you know, it, I think some people might hate that, but, you know, that kind of gives me that feeling of, you know, kind of like when you watch an old 70s movie or an old 80s movie where you're like, oh, this was like, it has that feeling of how a movie was at a certain time. So that can be fun when you go back and watch movies from that period. But when you do it but, now, I'm just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> especially when it's not, like, informed by the film. Like, if it was set in that in early 2000s, maybe it would work. Or if it was trying to copy other bits of style from then, it would be a weird but interesting choice to make. Uh, as it is, it just seems like this is all he does. This is his only style. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird choice. I Maybe it's just because I don't care for that kind of style maybe some people still really are harking back for that feeling of like oh man when movies were movies in the freddy versus jason era uh i love that movie though so that's not a bad good example (laughs) that is a fun movie but yeah the, the early 2000s was clearly the pinnacle of cinema i guess to some people but hey you know speaking of particular styles that i'm not a fan of what movie did we watch this week i forgot Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Yes. The directed by Clint Eastwood, I think. No, it seriously, was. we watched Young Guns too. The one that <laughs> oh, was the one that was supposed to be based on a true story versus Young Guns, which is the more Hollywood approach to Billy the Kid. Wait I, a minute. I thought we watched <laughs> I would believe you if you were being if you're Wait, like do you not do you not know about Young Guns and Young Guns Two? I've seen those movies once, maybe years ago. So oh, now I know. Oh, that's right. I love them. So Young Guns was like, Young Guns was like basically like you know this this Hollywood portrayal of Billy the Kid and his story, right? But Young Guns two uh, told the story of uh, basically this guy who came out and said he was really Billy the Kid that Pat Garrett never killed him. And let him get away, and he'd basically just lived a quiet life since then. And basically, they couldn't really verify it, though I think they basically nobody believed him. Um, but basically, it told this sort of semi sequel to Young Guns that also leaned into this this story that Billy wasn't that Billy the Kid didn't die; he lived to to a, an old age. I have not seen either of the Young Gun films, so. Oh man, you gotta you gotta see the first one, at the very least. Does he though? Yeah, because. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it, 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 Young Guns for what it was, because you you know you got a young Kiefer Sutherland, young Emilio, young um, uh, Charlie Sheen, uh, they're. They're, I mean, this is like right them on the their their rise up. It's like you know after sixteen candles and like um, you know all that like teen stuff. This was like their first foray into like R rated actiony more adult stuff. Yeah, the hmm. uh, what are they called? The uh, plus it's the... got Terrence Stamp in it. I mean, come on. 
I was thinking of another movie that di- does have a ridiculously stacked cast. Dude, cute. So many people are in this cast. I'm your Huckleberry. I didn't realize the amount of people in this movie. Uh, like I, I said earlier, I did, when Michael Rooker showed up, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I was like, oh, he's in this too. Like this, this, this movie has a great cast. What about yeah. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton? Christ Almighty, it's like I'm sitting here playing cards with my brother's kids or something. You nerve-wracking sons of bitches. Something on your mind? Billy Bob Thornton, uh, a really uh, husky Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> In, oh, a yeah, par- he's... in a part that grew because of his performance. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. He he uh, he was asked to do, um, just come in and basically play the card dealer. There, I don't even believe there was any dialogue at all, really. Um, they just, they're just like, hey, can you berate these guys? And, uh, and so they're, they, they just liked they just liked his performance so much. They kind of kept at it. They added those few scenes where like that whole scene where, you know, he meets doc and he's go right as he's going up to shoot, uh, Wyatt and doc comes in like that. None of that was there. That was all because Billy Bob, they just liked his performance so much. They tagged on those scenes with him. Oh, for, for those who are listening, we're, we're talking about Tombstone. It's we are talking about Tombstone, a movie we did. Although I feel like if you're listening to this episode by now, you would have realized. And also, Although, also if you're listening to this and it's just now, we're just now getting to it. They're probably like, "Why did it take them so long?" I've been waiting for y'all to talk about Tombstone. It's forty minutes <laughs> in, and we're just talking about Tombstone, not the pizza or the commercials yeah. for the pizza. Oh, I love those pizzas so much, man. Like, I don't know. I know that they're like cheap and not good, but. Ian doesn't even know about him. He didn't even know there was a real thing. Oh, not. (laughs) Um, The whole joke was a lot of people would get killed and they were like, what do you want on your tombstone? And then they, it would turn out they would want a pizza. And then before they ended up dying, they would get this pizza. And then that was the commercials. uh, Makes sense for the name. So I know I've mentioned before that I, I'm not super into westerns. Like I just don't like them really. Uh, and I was worried, even though I I had seen scenes from this movie before, like off and on over the years. But when the movie started, I was like, oh no, because there's some style. It's not a ba- they're not bad, but because I'm just not into the western movie style thing, I just find them kind of boring. So like the opening with like the old timey movie thing and the man like. Back in the old west, with right? I was like, "Oh God, this is how we're opening this." Like, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, thankfully, that was only like thirty seconds. Like, it's super short, and then it gets into it. And again, it goes right into like a pretty, uh, I guess, would you say, typical western moment where like, "Oh, there's a celebration in town." Uh oh, here come the bad guys. So I was even then, I was still kind of like, "Is this gonna be?" It, it, Am I gonna it like this? It does not have the pacing of a western at all. It moves it, way too it quick. Changes, it changes. Yeah, it changes yeah. really quick though, because the what what sold me on it was uh, there. I was really interested. And I was like, why is Michael Bean not involved in this? He's like clearly with them, but standing back and like his character immediately caught my attention because I was like, what? And not just because it was Michael Bean either. I was just very curious as to what his deal was. Because at first I was like, oh, maybe he isn't gonna like he's not gonna stick with them like he's actually a good guy like michael rooker ends up turning out to be uh 
but then he shoots that priest and i was like oh no he's actually worse than all of them isn't he <laughs> and, uh, he's the real bad guy yeah he's fantastic in this movie yeah uh, Kills Which I'm sure I, we'll I, say about most of these. Oh, and Powers Booth, who, by dude. the way, has the coolest name of any actor ever. <laughs> Powers uh, Booth, incredible. And it, everyone's great, but Val Kilmer it needs to be singled out. Man, as... you could take out, ev- you could put a mediocre actor in every role in this movie except him. It would still be worth watching because every line that comes out of his mouth is gold. You know, Frederick fucking Chopin. Dude, Val Kilmer so is amazing. It's so funny because we were joking last time. What's the reason we ended up watching this about like, what's your favorite Val Kilmer movie? My name is Bad Mardigan. We were just like, <laughs> random, forget him. Man, he is so good in this. It was like, I became, so good. It, I was like, why? Is it, it, there's got to be other roles, right? Like Val Kilmer must have nailed it in other movies somewhere. Like, he I, has. Dude, they're, Mad they're, Mardigan, they're, Heat. I love uh, I loved all those. He's movies. really good. Uh, he's really, really good in um, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Oh yeah, yeah. That was Billy's uh, choice. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't he... seen The Doors. Apparently, he's good. Oh, uh, I'd heard that too. Um, but yeah, he's great. But yeah, he's, he's, he's so good in this movie. Kills it in this. He's just so it... <laughs> engaging in every scene. Even it... like the lines that are kind of lines that would normally be sort of cringeworthy in a different actor's hands. Like I, cause I knew it was coming that line towards the end when they're like at part of the posse and uh, there, he's talking to the other guy about like, you know, cause he's clearly very sick and dying. And they're, they're like, doc, sorry to be in bed. What the hell are you doing this for anyway? Wide up is my friend. Hell, I got lots of friends. I don't. The way that he says it, though, I'm just like, this guy is – that's the movie for me. I'm like, I want to know – I wish that – there's enough of it to where it's really good, but every now and then it gets away from, like, this sort of friendship between Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday that is easily the most interesting part of the movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's such a pain in his voice when he says, I don't. It's like, yeah. no, he, he's going to die for that guy, man. Like, he oh, clearly yeah. is here for that. And they don't it's, overdo uh, it. There's not like this whole thing where like, well, years ago when I first met, you never get like that backstory. You don't know why they are this close. And it doesn't, they, they it, it's fine though. Cause they sell it through the act. Cause Kurt Russell also absolutely wonderful in the movie. And you get the sense from them of like, Oh, these guys are like they're very close friends and they will do anything for each other. Uh, it's just. Yeah, I think all he says at the beginning is like, "Why is he your friend? He makes me laugh." It was, it was something like that. It's a little throwaway. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Uh, Elliot, Sam Elliott's really good. Bill Paxton's weirdly restrained. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those roles for Bill Paxton where, and I don't know if you guys are like this, but I am. When I see Bill Paxton in a movie, I'm, I usually have one of two feelings. Or a combination of both. Where I'm like, oh man, Bill Paxton. I bet he's going to play like this really over-the-top guy. Or, oh man, Bill Paxton. He is not making it to the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I feel like Bill Paxton's favorite role, go. <laughs> oh, that's hard though. Oh, like, man. Aliens, he's Ooh, great tough. in, if annoying. Frailty, he's, he's really good. Oh, he's really good in that. I, I he directed lo- that too. I love him in uh, Live Die Repeat. My name's Farrell. That's right. Master Sergeant Farrell. Master Sergeant Farrell, you're an American. No, sir. I'm from Kentucky. 
that is a good film that becomes a great film by his presence. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. it's so good. He he does he tends to do that though, where he'll be in like this really random role in something and escalate it to much better quality. And a good example of that, I think. Uh, I don't know Pre- if you guys really watched Predator Two. Shield. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, you're not. Missing I, 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 th- I I do watch like some. Uh, I did, I did watch, watch... Age of the Shield. I saw some with him. I remember him being yeah. good. He's like uh, the. He's sort of like he ends up being the bad guy, but you don't realize that when he first shows up. Um, he's really good. He makes that first season worthwhile. I never really watched after that. Uh, not that it was bad, but I just wasn't particularly interested. But I probably wouldn't have really been interested in that first season either if it wasn't for him. He just does a really good job. Uh, I think that was like the last thing he did too before he passed away. Yeah, it's up there. I'm trying to think who else? Who am I not thinking of? About who else is in this movie? That because uh, um, like Stephen Lang, Thomas Hayden Church is really young in it. And in it, yeah. Like yeah. the the Gwynn, gang, who just... I didn't even know was the the mayor until like his third, like second or third scene. I was like, wait, that's the mayor? Because <laughs> uh, like yeah, that's one like, thing. Oh, I, Oh, sorry. I expected him to say he wants to go back to the island. That would have been, well, time travel. Yeah, lost. That would have worked. Why not? Um, Charleston no, Heston, Jamie, that, uh, Jason Priestley. Yeah, when, when uh, Charleston. Yep. One complaint I did have about the movie, because now that I've mentioned Terry O'Quinn and also Michael Rooker, there is one thing about this movie. There are points in the pacing that I think aren't great, because, like I said, there were points where. He, when he shows up and like they're try, trying to get someone to be the new sheriff, I was like, wait, what? Oh, he's the mayor. We met him earlier. But it was in such a weird moment, and it was dark and in the background. like You kind of forgot. And then Michael Rooker, you see him in the beginning of the movie, and then you don't see him again really until he like decides not to be a cowboy anymore. And I'd forgotten about him too. I was like, this is weird. Like They kind of make you – there's so many characters in this movie that there are a couple of side ones that – help move the plot along later that you're like, Oh, like I, you forget that they're there. Well, and you and Billy doesn't know this, but this had that crazy shit with the director where Kurt Russell really like stealth directed the whole movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Charlie, you know, right? Uh, I haven't heard that much about that. I oh. didn't know that. I've heard that he didn't get a lot like Kurt Russell and the director didn't get along. I didn't know he was stealth directing a lot. That would make sense. Um, I, cause I would also say it didn't look great. Like it's not a, it's not a badly directed film, but it's not a, it's just very kind of standard. It's, it's for the most part. Yeah. It's not framing. It's like, there's nothing flashy or interesting or it's just kind of, it does the job it needs to. It doesn't do anything else. There was one particular scene that I thought was really well shot, and this was only because I think it played with my expectations, and I liked that a lot. Uh, I was really looking forward to the the showdown between between uh, Ringo and Doc Holliday, and then they make it seem like it's going to be, because Doc Holliday is sick in bed, it's going to be uh, Wyatt Earp doing it when they have like their like one-on-one thing. And I was like, oh man, I, I wish they weren't doing this, because I really liked the way that they built that up and, you know, eventually we're going to see it and the way they shoot it is until he speaks even when you see him in shadow i thought it was kurt russell still uh and then when he comes out and says that line again (laughs) i'm your huckleberry 
I was like, oh, okay, good. It is going to be the two of them because like that, I that was I thought they did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. Um, I I, so, I kind of hated the fact that there was at least three separate long montages of Kurt Russell and his band of friends just randomly shooting a lot of people. All right, so look, there's a whole there's like a whole thing. So like the screenplay writer this was supposed to be his first movie. Right. He he got overwhelmed a month in, they fire him. Right? Damn. Uh they bring in this other guy to direct it. But he uh, he had a hard no sensibility that basically conflicted with everybody in the film and the cinematographer. So behind the scenes, Kurt Russell and the producer pared down the script, deleting whole subplots and emphasizing the relationship between Wyatt and Doc. Uh, he later uh, he later. Uh, said that he directed the movie um, and that this other guy was brought on as a ghost director um, and because Russell didn't want it to be known he was directing. Um, and basically because uh, because uh, because Kurt Russell was directing, he also didn't want the movie to feel like it was a Kurt Russell movie. So he has, there's a lot of the time where it's not, it doesn't focus on like Wyatt Earp and why you have like a lot of this, like other stuff going on. That's interesting. Yeah. So and that, that makes sense. Yeah. For uh, the film, there are points where like, well, Wyatt Earp's clearly the hero of this, but the focus does seem to go to a lot of the side people. That is interesting. And it should, because that, that, what works about the movie, I think, is that there are so many interesting characters that I think if it did focus on <coughs> any one of them, it wouldn't be as good as it is. Even Doc Holliday, who, as great as he is, I think, is that great because you have those pauses. It's, it's not a whole movie of just about him. Uh, you have enough time with everybody to where you're like, okay, like, I can't wait to see them, you know what's going on with them again. And then you kind of move on to something else. I've seen him talk about his performance. Absolutely no questions. Here we go. Go ahead, sir. Tombstone uh, was my favorite movie of all time. I loved you in that movie. Thank you. And could you tell me what you did or what you based your character, Doc Holliday, on as far as like the talking and the way he walked and things like that? Well, the, the uh, first thing I did was to call... Um, Great. Well, I think he's the best dialect coach in the world. He used to do lots and lots of theater, and now he does uh, lots and lots of movies. I think he's done every Martin Scorsese picture since before Kunden. He's really a great guy named Tim Monick. I called him up. I said, I need a dialect of a southern aristocrat that's, you know, is dead because they all died in the Civil War. He goes, I got it. I said, no, no, let me go on. He goes, no, no, I got it. And he sent me a tape. I can't. I, I'll try and I'll try and do it without laughing. As this is how this guy talked for real. Tim, it's wonderful that you've asked me to visit today. It was so slow. 
that, first of all, just everything you said was hilarious. <laughs> just because when you talk that slower, everything's just funny. But he was a socialite uh, and a big guy in the theater from uh, Georgia. And that's where I just started just listening to this one tape all the time. Uh, and uh, I've got a lot of relatives from the South. And uh, so I talked to other relatives still living about what things they remembered. And, and then I had a, a lot of horses at the time and um, a really good horse trainer that was just oddly a historian uh, about riding because the military posture back then there was a very specific way that they rode which is really strange they didn't move with the horse so much so like on a jump you see a lot of old paintings and they're sort of they look like it's a bad painting because they're so rigid but it's actually how they were taught to ride so little tiny things like that that made him just always different than you know your, your average guy out, out west and then a lot of things that usually with the role Especially when it's well written, it's, it's sort of all in the writing. He was very funny and mean, and funny and mean. So, well, what was it like working with that cast? Of, because there was everything from people that were already big stars to people that were on their way up to becoming big stars. Yeah, that was that was a testimony to the writer again, um, Kevin Jar, because there were, I think. You know, eight or ten of the guys in it have already been leads in movies, you know, big movies. And it's just because the, the westerns are so rare, and uh, which is odd because everybody always loves them, but then they just, Hollywood, unless they've just been a hit, then they just say, no, no one will go. And then another hit comes along and everybody goes. Uh, but that was, a, that was a lot of fun, except. Pretty early on, we had lots of drama because the director was the writer, and he was a brilliant writer, and then he had nothing left to direct with. It was, it, he just didn't have a flair for that job. So everybody knew. I remember the first shot. I was on a horse with Kurt, Kurt Russell. His name drop Marlon Brando. <laughs> in that movie. But I personally watched him eat a turkey one night. A whole turkey? I was smoking at the time when he was bitching at me eating and I said, you just ate a whole turkey. Suck on the bones. But yeah, Kurt, Kurt, after the first shot, he turned to me and goes, do you, do you, do you like he was stuttering and he was very articulate kind of like, yeah, I think maybe we got a problem. <laughs> the very first shot, the, the way he put the camera was just off. But it all worked out in the end. George Cosmatos, uh, who uh, had never done a picture with so much dialogue, dialogue, he came in and one weekend and took over and it all turned out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amongst the greatest performances on film, I'd say. I mean, he just absolutely kills as Doc Holliday in that film. Um, next time you guys are here, we'll go up to Glenwood Springs, which is where, uh, he died at. Oh, that'd be cool. Cool. Yeah. Charlie, you, um, you, you can come too. If you ever come out to Colorado. I'd like to, you know, if, uh, 
borders need to be open and safe before that. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, man, we can go to all the spots, man. I'll take you to, to The Shining. Here's Johnny. Man, we'll go to, you know, to Glenwood. I would love to. I'm your huckleberry. I w- I would really love to go to the shining place. We'll go to things to do in Denver when you're dead. We go back and you you let the operation of modicum of class in the days. That's why the milk of human kindness I'm giving you. And now you got 48 hours. Put it in the wind. Leave Denver. Go to Rome. Visit the Vatican. Pray to the God you abandoned back in Brooklyn. Just put it in the fucking wind, Jim. Or else, I gotta do you too. We'll hit all the spots. <laughs> I'll show uh, you where they shot Die Hard 2. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. I mean, it's not there now, but I can just generally show you where they shot it. Uh, I like to see in Lois Lane in a live-action role. It's always nice. Dana DeLay, uh, the girl who played the actress, she's uh, oh. Lois Lane in all of the animated shows. Am I the only one who, honestly, they could have had no. Oh, her part should have been entirely cut out. But there was, no, yeah, yeah. It's like I actually thought that the scene with like the two of them meeting up on horses and talking stuff that messes up the pacing of the movie so badly that I was like, this whole thing does not need to be here. Even I, though that uh, was one of the more nicely shot bits with like the the. Uh, what was it seeds or something blowing in the air around the flowers like the pollen it looked really cool it was like this scene shot really nicely but we can cut right <laughs> like yeah it's just, it's re- also I, are we that, supposed he, to forget he has a wife like that, what? yeah she's awful but she's still married was she was she i didn't think she was that terrible of a wife she was sick or like had an addiction problem i guess but I don't know. Back I was in the like, old what? days, addictive problems mean you got <sighs> thrown out. And then at I the end like of the how, movie, uh, when they get together yeah. and like the, I think wasn't the the narrator like, well, she died of an overdose, so it's okay, guys. It was like a year <laughs> later, she was dead. All's well. It reminded me of. Have you guys ever seen Dirty Work? Uh, the Norm yeah. Macdonald movie. Yeah. <laughs> the end yeah. of that when uh, he's doing the narration and talking about uh, the doctor who did all the bets, and he's like, "Well, he paid off his bookies." But they beat him to death anyway. So he's dead. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, I thought man. it was... Uh, did either of you watch Deadwood? I thought it was cool that um, Sam Elliott was married to Trixie from Deadwood. Uh, Powers I, Booth also in Deadwood. I didn't watch yeah. Deadwood. It, it's, man, it's, it's worth a watch. It's absolutely worth a watch. Uh, yeah, there's like... I, I mean... Little things like that of like stuff that could have been cut, or even like the music, which I'm not a big fan of, because that's the other thing. Like especially during the the montage you were talking about, which I also didn't like. They have like the cla- those kind of classic Western type music going with it. It sounds like a baked bean commercial from the '90s. <laughs> it's like think of like uh, this is not as fun or cool. <laughs> you know, on my rewatch, I. Fine. I don't have a problem with any of the the weird pacing or the the like the scene of them in in on horseback. Although now that you mention it, it makes me know that there's a scene immediately after that where he tells her he doesn't like sand because it's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> um, but the one scene that's always bothered me, and it's only it's not that the scene bothers me. It's that it's it's got one terrible AR and it's just too much 
is when he they have the shootout in the ki- in the creek where he kills Powers Booth, and he just says no over and over again. I don't that like was that so either. Dumb. It's like no. it's it's like when he says, uh, "I will find you." The first time it was perfect, and then he immediately says it a hundred million more times, and you're like, "Oh well, you've just diminished it." Uh, it, it's just the AR is bad, and it's just so. Not good. Um, it, it, it's such a weird. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's him mm-hmm. just saying no and walking out into yeah. a clear ambush and not getting shot. You for and reasons. you. You literally don't. Yeah, you don't. Well, I mean, truthfully, that's it, it, that's really what would happen. I've listened to uh, Louis L'Amour talk about gunfights, and the thing is that you're more apt if you take like an aggressive stance like dudes just get shaky especially in those old times with those guns and you're you're apt to miss it's also why you would want in those instances to be uh sideways too yeah. um anyway that was I, uh, I read that that was uh one of the things about Wyatt Earp at the time where it was a it was like this legend about how he was involved in these firefights at, at the time but was never shot like he never got hit like, it makes sense, and it, it works. It was just a weird moment, and then the constantly saying no, and then the slow motion, no. It, it, yeah, I think if you cut out the, the him yelling no and just had him do that. Yeah, just ki- and cut out that. Fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. No no's and the, just him killing everybody. I do like that line. Where is he? Down by the creek. Walking on water. <laughs> that was great. But that again, was a weird shot, Kilmer. too, because, like, when they said that, you see him back there, like, he's, like, five feet away from you guys. I see him right there. <laughs> like, he clearly heard you say that. Hell, I never seen nothing like that. Um, yeah, I, like, I'm glad I rewatched it. It's I do not think I will be revisiting it again for quite a while, uh, if ever, because it, it was good, but uh, it made me want to watch better westerns like uh, i just yeah, really wanted th- to put on once upon a time in the west or something yeah i think that charlie i think it's fair to say that you're like you when it comes to movies like you're a director guy for the most part right like if it's a really well shot movie that's the kind of movie that you would typically want to watch again and again yeah like those are the films i revisit or something where i'm like i get a lot out of this aspect of it or i'm yeah, paying think, close attention i think i'm more of like a, a movie that on how well it's written like that's usually where my interest lies like the other things are important obviously uh i think this movie that makes sense i think this movie is like an actor's kind of movie where if you're into acting this is the definitely a movie you would watch over and over again because so many people are just so good in it yeah uh yeah, it, 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 yeah. Kilmer's the top. Everyone's enjoyable. Like Stephen Lang is great. Is that like sniveling guy who constantly yeah. like I'm not with him. Fucking no, hate fuck Ike. With him again. I fucking hate Ike, and he plays that part fucking perfectly. Oh yeah, he's really good. Like, yeah, so it's there's nothing if, I, so infuriating than when he he walks up to them on the train and is gonna shoot fucking Sam Elliott. And Kurt Russell pops up from the behind and kills the one dude, and he immediately puts his gun down and is like, nah, man, put a shotgun to his fucking face and end his sniveling ass right fucking there. I fucking hate that character in this movie. He does does such a good job. One of the most 
bad he, he gets the most badass injury though where then right after that Kurt Russell just kicks him with his spur and cuts his face. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that was pretty was cool. I'd rather have a I'd rather you got a worse badass injury from Kurt Russell's shotgun to his face. But it is kind of lame like that, that they just have him be like he died later getting in a in a uh, he was shot during a robbery. I think moments like that in the movie are where uh, Kurt Russell especially nails it. Like hit that moment, the scene with him and Billy Bob Thornton when he's being the tough guy, you believe it. It's not yeah. like that typical tough guy of like, oh, he's gonna shoot. Like you don't get this feeling of. In fact, the way that they the character is like, you never get this feeling. He wants to fight anyone. Yeah. He will, but he doesn't seem to want to. He's very good at getting out of it by not only having the reputation that he does, but also the way that he talks to people. Like I wouldn't fuck this dude. Look at that and, mustache. Who would? And speaking yeah, of the he, way he, he talks like to people, badass. the the speaking yeah. of the way he po- talks to people and like those scenes, I like how he takes the opposite approach uh, when he's uh, dealing and powers booth and those guys show up and Ike is giving him shit, and Powers puts that boot down, and he's just like, pay the man. And, and Powers is like, oh, whoa, shut up, Ike. <laughs> As he picks <laughs> yeah. his money off the table. I just like how he just plays back. He's like, oh, 500, you're a winner. <laughs> just like, I'm going to get this guy paid and out of here. One thing I thought was kind of odd is that both the villains of the film, of uh, like Powers Booth and Michael Bean, are weirdly taken out about 10 minutes like 20 minutes and 10 minutes for the end of the film like it's oddly anticlimactic i thought like yeah i but also i yeah i think that also goes back to the thing with the the relationship thing with girls because like that whole ending point which is only a few minutes but you could again you could cut that out you don't need that you could have the end be with him and doc holiday uh and you'd be fine I think. Because, again, that I, is the best part of the, the The best part of the movie is the relation, the friendship between them and then the, the relationship between the brothers. Yeah. Uh, anything else, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. Just kind of keeps going. It's, a, it's, it's not bad. It was, I, I have more negative things to say than positive, but it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. It's a very enjoyable film, but I say it's like a it's a solid three stars. I give it five out of five thumbs. I would go so far as to say four out of five. I'd give it that. Um, if the acting was less, it would be at most three. But because the actors are just they do so much with with that script, it's it's so charming. Like the. I, 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 I don't think it's we can emphasize enough just how good Val Kilmer is in this movie. Yeah. Like, every scene with him, you just can't take it. Every scene, away. it shouldn't work, too. Like, the dialogue sounds terrible, but the way he delivers it is just so perfect. Yeah, Even I mean, with Kurt imagine... Russell, like, are you going to just do anything or are you just going to stand there and bleed? That's a cheesy, shitty, like, 80s action line. But the way he delivers it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, the, this guy's not fucking around. You should get Yeah, leave. it works. I mean, and even on paper, like, if you were to read, like, uh, about him doing the, the thing with the cup after they, they do the thing with the gun, like, flip it back <laughs> and forth, like, that sounds so stupid. But he makes it so funny <laughs> and good. Like, 
it's it's both equally funny and intimidating and badass. He's like he is so not afraid of you. He is openly mocking you by twirling his cup around, and you're still so scared you're not going to stop him from doing it. Like it's great. And he also has, and Kurt Russell sort of has this too because we were talking about like that tough guy persona that he has. What I think I really love about Val Kilmer in this movie is that I think there's a certain sort of masculinity that goes with cowboys, you know, and like the old West and the way that he talks that the way that Val Kilmer talks like that, I don't know. How would you describe it? Like maybe not a Southern dandy. Yeah. It's it's not like a masculine tough guy voice, but it is intimidating as hell. Like it is. I, well, cause you think this guy has had to put up with so much shit because of the way he talks. He is just so confident in it now that he's like, yeah, are you going to say something? Because I will fucking end you. And he has the reputation at that point where everybody knows it, too. <laughs> yeah, he, he's and uh, Kilmer was really good at the fast draw. Like that first game where he got both of his guns out. I was like, that was that's real. Like, that's clearly he oh, yeah, practiced no, really it, yeah. good. At he fully he fully immersed himself into Doc Holliday. Same with uh, Michael Bean. He he must have put in a lot of work to be able to do the gun twirling he did. Like that was impressive. <laughs> it's funny watching him in this movie too, because I was thinking about uh, a few him. weeks back, or I guess a couple of months ago, but him in the Mandalorian. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, he's good in this. Was Michael Bean's the bad guy? I haven't really watched because I know he's a bad guy in a couple. Of, isn't he the bad guy in the Abyss also? That's probably his most villainous. I think you can really I've never seen got that. I forgot yeah. that, that he's the bad guy in that. But I haven't seen it, and again, since I really hadn't seen this, like for me, Michael Bean is always just the good guy. I've never really seen him in any other role. So I really liked when I was watching The Mandalorian, like, oh, he's good at this. Uh, so it's cool to see him in this, too. It's like, oh, so he's... You should watch The Abyss. It's, it's, it's actually really good. It's kind of one of James Cameron's better but less talked about films. As long as it's better than Avatar. It is. As someone who likes Avatar, it is. It, it's up there with like Aliens and Terminator. It's, it's it's not as bombastic, but it's it's more focused on the sci-fi, and it's it's a really tense, interesting film, and it gets and, really into the psychological horror of being crushed, and leads into his love of water underwater. It is. That's I'm certain that's where he either was interested in it beforehand and that tipped over his obsession or that started his obsession but because yeah he also like that film today if it was made james cameron definitely wouldn't work again because he nearly killed multiple actors on that film including ed harris by drowning them didn't that happen on titanic too apparently he was good on titanic when you say Titanic 2, do you mean the sequel or all the sequel? <laughs> he was so bad on the set of Titanic 2, they never released it. It was intense. I, like, I love James Cameron DiCaprio movies, but he, he on the set. They Actually, that's a clone that's going around right now. <laughs> Damn, that Scientology is legit. They just replaced Wait, Leonardo him. Di- is Leonardo DiCaprio Scientology? No, but that's a, it was a joke, man. God damn. No, I, just, I, I, would, I would have been very disappointed to hear that. <laughs> Why are you ruining jokes with facts? I thought you were ruining an actor with a fact. That was terrible. <laughs> no. I no, as far jokes, as I know, son. He, he's not a Scientologist. He, he's, he's just 
really a playboy. Yeah, I don't think you can fuck as many models as he do and be a Scientologist. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes, people! (laughs) These are jokes! That one's based in fact, though. Uh, That one is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he has carnal Hey, I don't know if he has carnal knowledge with these women. He, for as far as I know, he could just be taking them to bed and then sneaking out to go fight crime at night. I'm Batman. I guess. I don't think so. I'm the only one who thought the idea of Leonardo DiCaprio being Batman was funny. All right. That's, uh, this is cool. I was looking up the cast. The, the narrator that opened and started Tombstone, that was Robert Mitchum. That's really cool. Yep. He sounded like somebody else, because I remember hearing it, and I was like, I know that voice, but I thought it was somebody else, and then I saw Robert Mitchum in the thing in the credits, I was like, oh, okay, that's... Yeah, oh, that's well, cool. Robert Mitchum is also one of those people that, like, I know the name when I see him, like, oh, yeah! Could not tell you why. <laughs> so, so... He's, uh, he's really good in a bunch of older films, like Night of the Hunter, Night of the Past, Cape Fear. <clears throat> so, Charlie... <laughs> I was really hoping you were just going to say a bunch of movies that started with Night Of. <laughs> so, Charlie, you said you'd watch Once Upon a Time in the West is the one, your one, you only get one, all right, you only get one Western. What would it be? The rest of your life, you can only watch one Western. Ooh, if it's only one, the, uh, it's, it's like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and Once Upon a Time in the West are like right neck and neck. Probably. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'll give you those two. You can have two. I don't want you to then fucking probably those two, kill like, yourself it, over it. God damn. There's, well, like, there's so many good ones. Like, uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. No, you only get uh, one, then. Fuck it. Okay, you, you just fucked it up. Fucked it up. Okay, I'll, I'll go with the Once Upon a Time in the West. That Once Upon a Time just, in the West. All right. It's amazing. Um, Billy, do you have a Western you would go with? If somebody put a gun to your head and said you can only watch one Western, would you be like this one, or you'd be like, nah, I don't even need a Western. You can I'll give that one to someone else. Give Charlie two. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, Tombstone wouldn't be a bad choice. Uh, if I had to pick a, a other than that, Django Unchained, maybe. Although, I don't know. That's hard since I'm not really like uh, you know. Good, the bad, and the ugly. I I do like, although I think it's a little long. Uh, actually, I really like. What's the? What's the one? I think it's the the the. Not. I want to say it's for a few dollars more. I remember really liking that one. Actually, it's been years since I saw it. And so. And just I just want to ask, in case you guys have forgotten this classic, and would maybe reconsider the list but cowboys v aliens is not not on the list for your westerns my mom was watching that like a month ago she's like this is really good i like it i can't believe all these people are in this movie and i'm just cracking up oh man. i saw that in theaters because i was like the cast, the director, and the plot is so good. I don't care the reviews are bad. I'm sure this must be... They're wrong. This has to be enjoyable. And I left the theaters be like, the reviews were right. That was the worst thing. I saw it in it theaters. Was... I I want to say I might have saw this weirdly in Sioux City, Iowa. And we all left the theater like, huh. That was not what we expected. Um, I think it's, about... How do you make that film... Not 
enjoyable. Like, how do you make it just dour and there's no fun, there's no comedy, there's no action? There's it, it, it just existed as this weird, terrible movie. Yeah, I, yeah, that's it. Was a, it was a was it based on something? Was there like a number or just somebody just like fucking cowboys? I feel like there's a comic book. I think okay. it was like a comic book that was comic book that was cowboys versus aliens that had uh, they'd released the first issue and based on title alone, someone bought the film rights and was that like, "We're making this right. movie." Okay, that and, makes sense. Whether whether or not these are the facts, that makes the most sense. Um, speaking of westerns, uh, Book of Eli is on right now. A different kind of western. Never saw that one either. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I didn't love it. I saw it in theaters. I, was I liked like, okay. it. Okay, had some, had some interesting shots. I thought the... Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I thought the reveal twist at the end was so dumb that it was like, this retroactively makes the film less interesting. You thought the reveal of him bringing the Bible to the library was uh, the like that was a little weird, but it was the fact that it was spoiler alert. If anyone care, do you care, Billy? If I ruin it, I think I've heard it, so you're good. The fact that he was like blind, and it was the book he'd been carrying the whole time was Braille, and oh. then it was destroyed, and he remembered it from memory. It was just like. So then why did I spend the entire film caring about this book that was clearly the Bible to begin with? Why, why did it matter if it no one other than him could read it and he's already memorized it? Why did you spend the entire film protecting it? Because it doesn't matter. Well, you just it just ruined all of the stakes. Well, it was valuable to him, and he wasn't the only one who read it. The one lady could read it. Yeah, but he, he, he memorized it, so in his dying breath he like repeated it so they could write it and create a new Bible. Cause apparently like society will just fucking die without a Bible. Well, I mean, I, 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 I will <laughs> knock you there. I, I think I don't suffer from the affliction of religion and I wish there were more humans who didn't. But that being yeah. said, I understand that a person who does value the Bible that way, being blind and reading it over would also m- memorize it. Well, no, and, I got that he would memorize it, but why would he carry it if he had it memorized? Because his whole point be, was, I the, he to, carried like, it because you want the tactile feeling of reading the Bible. I mean, you use your eyes; he doesn't have that. So, yes, he knows it. You know a film, but like, if you lost your sight but could still hear Once Upon a Time in the West, would you not want to hear it? Boom. Roasted. Probably. All right, I, then. I should also give it another shot. I watched it. I saw it when it was like... I'm not saying it's it a good out, movie. I'm I, saying... I, I like... I, I What I like about it is it's a post-apocalyptic movie, which I, I enjoy those kind of settings. Like, I don't need... I don't need to know what the apocalypse was. Like, I just like stuff set in that to see kind of like as a different setting. I think that's why I've always liked the Mad Max movies and I wish there was a more cohesive uh narrative sometimes to that but they also just sort of exist in this weird post apocalyptic I I actually don't think they're in the post apocalypse I just think they're in Australia 
and like the rest of the world's fine, but they're just in Australia and it's so hot they fucking think it's the post the apocalypse. Um, yeah, just got really I'm, mad I'm and he doesn't at, know I'm, why. <laughs> um, I'm looking at but, uh, popular westerns because I'm like, what mm-hmm. westerns do I even like? And uh, young guns, like, young uh, guns, and Tombstone would be. Maybe Unforgiven, but it's a little long in the tooth for me and really dour. Um, Magnificent yeah, Seven is a lot of fun. Magnificent Seven wasn't bad, yeah. Um, <laughs> the the new one, I like the new one because I like, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a sucker for a Denzel movie, so a Denzel I did actually Western. like the, uh, this is sacrilege, but I actually like the new one more than the original just because the original, I felt like, leaned harder on seven samurai and was like but seven samurai is the better movie and you're just reminding me of a better movie that this is nowhere near as close to the remake was like yeah this is at least kind of fun and the the remake is similar to this where it has such a good cast that it's all really watchable yeah and also there's something about a movie where and this i think this is also why I, i have this uncomfortable feeling when i watch westerns and really a lot of period movies where you know I have that moment where you're like, oh man, there's a lot of white guys here because that was pretty, you can't really do anything else unless you want a really depressing story. Cause like, even when the wives are there, I'm like, oh, look at them being women back then. That looks terrible. (laughs) Like, but the cool thing about the, the, uh, the remake of Magnificent Sound was like, oh, okay. We got Denzel and we got a black guy in this period. Who's not just, you know, that, I, I appreciate that kind of thing because I just, I, I you know, there's, I'm always going to be thinking in the back of my mind of like, you guys are interesting characters, but I bet you're really racist and sexist. Oh, man, that's <laughs> funny. Hey, Billy, I think I know what your Western is. And I bet you haven't even thought it, and uh, but it's 100% your Western. What? Back to the Future 3. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, at the list, I was like, but here's the thing. It is my least favorite Back to the Future because, not just because of the Western. But almost setting, simultaneously your favorite Western. Yeah, pr- kind of, probably. <laughs> oh. I just feel like part three, does anybody else feel like Back to the Future Part 3 feels sort of... It, it, I feel like if you were to look at all three of those movies, like that trilogy is a full story, which for the most part, I think it works really well as one, uh, which is impressive considering, you know, when they made that first one, I don't think they were thinking, oh, we'll make a second one. Because uh, even with that, that tag at the end, you know, that can, that's just like a fun, oh, yeah, going into the future, whatever. Um, but then it did really well and they end up making the sequels. But uh, I think for the most part it works really well, and then when you get to that third movie and there he's in the West, like you're in the West for so long, I'm like, this is just kind of. I feel like the the whole thing kind of comes to a halt for a while. It's like, oh, it, it does slow down because two has such crazy momentum of bouncing around to the future, the past, the alternate future. Like, it, yeah, so many different things happen. Then he gets to. The third one, it's like, and now you're going to spend the whole movie in the past. I hope you enjoy weird, uh, weird like Western jokes. And not even like a past, like the first movie where, because you've the, the third one is sort of rehashing the first one in a less interesting way because it's not even like he's around family, 
you know, that he is directly related to at a younger age. Now it's like, oh, they're descendants and they all kind of look like him and stuff. But it's just, yeah, you just get like a terrible, terrible uh, Irish accent from Fox. I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Asper. I'll help you find your blacksmith friend. It's yeah, it's a weird. I do like that movie because I mostly because I like that trilogy. But yeah, I. Yeah, it's enjoyable, but it's the weakest of the three. It's not. Th- it's not because of the fact that it's the West either. Like that whole Western aspect to it. I think if that was still there, that would be fine. But if it was not the entire movie, that would be better. Yeah, it gives it interesting stakes of like now you're stuck back here and everything you've used to help you before is gone. But I feel like it it could have been better if there was a different time period going on as well or that there was another jump in there yeah like come up with some, especially when you're doing a science fiction movie you can come up with all kinds of different ways to be like you know maybe you can jump around but you're not really sure where you're going to end up but they've got to leave so that they can get the technology they need to get I don't know, something like that you know or you go back in time so you can get that dance with your girl and then you just stay with her and you let all the bad things happen that you know and don't stop it or whatever. That's a, that's actually a good reference. I almost went for the sliders reference where I was like, you just keep going and you don't know the time and you eventually end up in another world where oh, I forgot you know, about sliders. What I, a great idea. I vaguely remember really what, bad really quickly. Tell me what was that? What was the premise about that? So Again. he creates he creates this remote thing that mm-hmm. basically can open a portal to another dimension, and there's basically like an infinite amount of alternate re- uh, realities that he could go to. As but the problem are. is he goes in like he he brings him and his professor and his friend and this other guy gets stuck with uh, randomly sucked into. Uh, and the problem is that he doesn't like, for some reason I guess he doesn't realize that he can't control what reality he goes to or how to get back to the one they came from. And it takes so much energy, I guess, to use it that it sort of has to recharge. And depending on where they go, the recharge time can take like a couple of days or like a week. It can differ depending on where they go. And when it opens, they have to go through. Uh, And hopefully they're just going to keep going until they end up back where they started. Uh, If, you know, if, you know, if luck is on their side, who knows how long it would take. But which is by itself, that's a good idea. And there's like some fun cool episodes i remember but then they get into this weird thing where like there's other they call them sliders because that's the name of the show there are other sliders and these sliders are like aliens and they like they have ships that fly through and their sliding portals are red and they i think they show up in like the second or third season and they don't really speak they're sort of like these monstrous type of alien, but for some reason they have this technology. It doesn't really make any sense. And then it turns out that Jerry O'Connell uh, is from another universe, and that's how he figured out how to do it. Like, he didn't realize he was. It was like a subconscious thing. And he has a brother in another universe that's actually his brother in real life, too. So he gets him, and then he becomes part of the group. It gets weird, and yeah, not in a good man. way. <laughs> I remember watching it, but I don't remember. I must not have watched it. Watched it. I must have just like seen really occasionally. Uh huh. And when I was maybe a teenager or late teens, I think he had like the first couple of seasons on DVD, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this show." And I watched it, and yeah, there's like some really cool episodes. Some of it, like you kind of have to 
except the un um, the, the likelihood of some of this not happening. Like one of the guys that goes with him is this struggling musician uh, who always wanted to be like he was a uh, like sort of a one hit wonder, I think, of uh, soul music. And they go to this one world where he hit it big, like he's a massive star. Uh, which is like, uh, come on, what are the odds of that? Um, but at the same time, it's a fun episode, and uh, there's a few of them like that. I'm trying to remember some of the like the interesting worlds they went to. There was one where men were the more effeminate type uh, in that world. Mm-hmm. So the professor decides for some reason to run for mayor of the city, like something like he ends up getting talked into it somehow while they're there. Uh, and it's a big deal because they're like, you might actually win. And a man has never been mayor here. Like it's like an interesting look at it. Uh, like they did like fun stuff like that. There's it's definitely, I think the first season is worth watching. So they did a fun story about a man never having the chance to become a politician and then becoming a politician. Is that, well, no, is he that doesn't. to give little boys the hopes and dreams to become little politicians? That's not, no, it's it, it's interesting because of the way they flip the sexes where like, oh yeah, women are the more in control, I guess, or the more, what would you call it? The, not get the it. dominant it, side? It, it sounds yeah, like a very Star Trek approach to it where, you know, they had that one race that was white and black and, and then the other race that was black and white. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's from the original series. That's yeah. like was their big race addressing episode. Because <laughs> uh, they hate one side hated the other because they had the wrong one side of the face was white and the other side it was switched so they were the mirror image. It's like, well, clearly they're evil because half their face is black. Well, half your face is black, but it's a different side. Yeah, that sounds like wasn't wasn't there like a Dr. Seuss book like that where it was like there's one group of uh, this type of animal uh, they star have like fi- a, a... the star the star belly fish because yes and then the dude tattooed it on on some and then the ones want it removed and then nobody could remember who had the stars to begin with <laughs> yeah Billy there fucking was a Dr. Seuss book like that <laughs> so is that before or after Star Trek who ripped off who hold on. What's so funny that you mentioned that is that I just re-listened to a fucking, like, three-year-old Anna Kendrick uh, Nerdist podcast interview, and she brought that fucking book up, dude. I just listened to that last weekend. (laughs) That's hilarious. So apparently, Billy, you and Anna Kendrick are on the same wavelength. Yep. Oh, God, don't tell Liz. (laughs) <laughs> I'm poet <laughs> Is that really how you're going to end this episode? <laughs> yeah, might as well It's perfect time I'm Charlie <laughs> This is the outro This is the outro This is the outro for the poet and Billy Podcast extravaganza Podcast <laughs> extravaganza